This is the Tribune Audio Network. Hi, I didn't see Kenny's signal. Because <laughs> you were hiding your face. I like to do an intro, move. sort of like a dance intro move. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't go well, but it's fine. That was a good one. I liked it a lot. You did it really well like two seconds ago before, before we, we were recording. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I like it. Okay, so um, I'm good. This is, <laughs> this is Sip. Survive. And repeat. Uh, it's a podcast about survival stories, and we also like to booze it up while we talk about them. Why not? Um, why not? <laughs> okay. So, uh, oh, I thought that was Hector in your backyard. It no, was Todd. It's, it's Todd and Callie. Hi, guys. I hope your husband doesn't need to get out of the driveway because I totally parked behind him. No, he's fine. Okay. If he does, he can move my car. Okay. We are drinking, from my favorite vineyard, CVS, uh, a Robert Mondavi private selection. I love that that wine store, CVS. (laughs) Yeah. What does it stand for? It's just so convenient. It's always around the corner, and they always have the best selection. Um, Cheers to vineyards and sipping. Sipping. Yep. That's what it stands for. You're all welcome. All right. So Robert Mondavi, private selection. This is aged in bourbon barrels. Kenny, are you tasting that? Not really. No. I can. Have a sipper. Have another sip. I feel like I tasted it. Now that you say it. See? I can taste the the barrels, the oakiness. I can taste barrels in here. I can taste barrels in oak. (laughs) It's like a barrel of monkeys. Uh, Okay. It is from Monterey County. It's a 2017. And... It has 14.5% Whoa. alcohol by volume. So we're going to be drunk, be drunk. Speaking of Monterey, this... have you guys watched Big Little Lies? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, I just started, or we, me and Kim started. We're on season two in Monterey 5. That's all I think now that I hear. Monterey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They've also been having, like, since that show, they've been having people, like, gathering on the bridge. Oh, really? So people that live there, like tourists are going there. You know the bridge in the yeah. opening scene? Like the taking police, a whole bunch of photos and Yeah, stuff. the police are like, get the fuck out of here, people. <laughs> like, because people want to see the bridge. I mean, it's a cool bridge. I get it. Oh, it's super cool. But, yeah. yeah. I like it. Oh, Danelle taking stripping. my prop off. She's my prop, tripping. not my top. It's her prop. That's next. <laughs> well, it was, her prop. it was her prop for the opening of and this And I have podcast. food all down my... Oh, front. what'd you eat for lunch? I had Brussels. Pro- I had a client lunch. Uh-huh. So I had a martini. Nice. And then I had Brussels sprouts, scallops, and a side salad. Were the Brussels sprouts roasted? They were. Delicious. They were a little tough to my liking. I like mine a little soft. I you like know, mine get all the nutrients crispy on the outside, soft on the inside. Me too. And I had some the other day that were delicious, but too tough. And mm. it made me angry. It's not, yeah. Because the flavor was perfect. It's not my jam. It had honey, jam. and it had balsamic, and it had feta. Ooh. Feta. Feta. And some sort of nut was involved. There were nuts. It was delicious, it but was then nuts. I couldn't fucking cut the brussels sprouts yeah. i was like this is lame don't do that to put me. put them back in the oven right but it was good but i i spilled most of it on my shirt i ate the son of baconator from wendy's today on my way here oh um well not on my way here actually on my way from a shoot with the client to uh the station where i got to work for like 45 minutes and then i came here mm. obviously stopping at cvs my favorite winery <laughs> you know on the way and um I feel a little nosh because I ate the son of Baconator. <laughs> well, and we had our way in. Oh, so fuck. there's that. Okay. So I don't know how Danelle's was. Mine was, I'm back up to a couple weeks ago 
Is that somebody's? What's going on, Kenny? That Kenny's, was mine. Sorry, I was Kenny's pulling DJing. up my weird news, and there was an ad that started playing. It was like beep 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 beep. Like beep, Kenny's beep, like beep. DJing over here all of a sudden. <laughs> Background music. I'm up a pound. I don't care. Okay, I had a great weekend I'm and drank up, a lot. I'm up point three, which is the same as I was like two weeks ago. So I'm just basically like staying the same almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't care. I'm gonna be honest with you. I kind of don't either. I cut <laughs> off all my hair. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. It looks beautiful i love it thank you i'm i feel very facey though like my face is very i want to cut my hair now get in there i don't think yeah. i have the face for it you but. do your face is 10 times prettier so <laughs> you could be thanks but you could be making things so. happen well, i mean i'll get maybe we'll, get it yeah do I it i like the girl's haircut from house of cards the blonde chick the main character oh right 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 yeah, her yeah i'm into her hair anyway okay whatever long story short long story short we both gained weight kenny lost who cares i stayed the same whatever oh. same thing <laughs> same fucking thing <laughs> we're not bitter I had so many margaritas this weekend and i ate so many delicious dips and i don't care i oh i drank so much on saturday at my friend's pool party because i was on my momcation that mm-hmm. i um a left my friend's party Went back to the hotel where I was staying mm-hmm. via Uber like a responsible adult. Went directly to the restaurant next to the hotel. Ordered myself a pizza. Proceeded to order myself a glass of wine because I needed Did you that. eat in bed? Tell me you ate in bed. Nope. I oh. sat there and I took selfies of myself, which I showed to Kenny earlier this week. <laughs> it was very funny. You sent me one. I could tell you were drinking. I don't know. I want to. I want to. Maybe I didn't there, see. No, those you ones. didn't see these. I it's love me, when Jenny it, gets drunk because she'll send like great ideas for the podcast, but also some selfies or just funny stuff. Like you're just a good happy drunk. Um, not a drunk. You're not a drunk, but you, when you get drunk, well, whatever. You know what I'm long saying. Story, <laughs> long story. Long. I don't know. Why everything is a long story short today, but all I can say is I took selfies of myself at the bar. The bartenders were probably like, "Who the fuck is this girl? She's wasted." <laughs> and then I tweeted. Oh, two sip survive repeat. So if you follow us on Twitter, I just tweeted um, short hair bitches with a picture of my new haircut and, and whatever. Um, <laughs> did anyone respond? No. Oh, See, I think somebody might think have. There's a couple it. likes. Yeah. Well, no did. one said it. You were nervous that someone would like say something nasty about it. And it's not. I even... don't even know if I was nervous. I just am saddened that I don't remember doing it. I remember taking selfies at the bar. I remember like ordering pizza and eating it. I remember lots of things. I do not remember tweeting. tweeting. Well, so there's always that fear after you day drink all day or, and then I wake up in the morning and I look at my Instagram mm-hmm. or my text messages or even sometimes my FaceTime. Cause I like to FaceTime people oh. when I'm drunk <laughs> and then I see the people I've called or texted. I'm like, Oh boy. Yeah. I definitely, um, this is the last thing I'm going to say about it. We can get into our stories, but, uh, I, I fell asleep fully clothed mm-hmm. on top of the bed mm-hmm. Uh, watching true crime something. Sounds amazing. I woke up at 3.30 in the morning, uh, very hungover, on top of the bed in my clothes with all the lights on oh. in the room. <laughs> so Jenny did a little momcation for herself this weekend. She spent two days. She booked a hotel room. Uh-huh. I just want to talk about this because I think it's important for moms to sure. take time for themselves. She booked a two-night stay for just herself and did whatever the 
frick she wanted to do. And I think mm-hmm. that's amazing. And it was mostly napping, drinking mm-hmm. wine, and watching true crime documentaries. Yeah. So it was not exciting, but it was just what mom. But that's needed. what you wanted. Yay. So good for you. Thank you. Self-care. Self-care, people. Okay, so... Kenny is telling us that Danelle should go first because she Mine's said hers is a little gruesome. Yeah. So let's do that first. Okay. Great. So this is from Women's Day. Oh. I don't know if it's a magazine, but this it is. is an online article that Women's I stole. Day I always see in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've heard of it, but this is basically, this is also an I Survived because it's my favorite show. Yes. Okay. You probably know this one, Jenny. Maybe. Um, this is the survival story of Terry... Jandusa Nikolai. It does not sound familiar. Okay, great. But I'll let you know. So let's. I'm gonna let's go back in time. January thirty first, two thousand and four. Mm-hmm. So it's cold. <laughs> very very cold. We're in Wisconsin. Oh, we're in Wisconsin. Okay. Small town in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Wisconsin on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it's described in the story that it's one, and I think us in Northeast Ohio can appreciate this. It's like one of those nights where it's so cold it hurts to breathe. <gasps> The worst. The worst. And then, like, I also water. think, like, your eyes water and maybe your nose hairs freeze a little bit. A little bit. Maybe you even trimmed them. <laughs> and they get a little cold and they freeze in your nose. It's happened to me. Don't act like it hasn't happened to you. Stop it. I can't it. feel the inside of my nose. I had a nose job. Oh, well. Okay, I, I can. can. And I got to trim my nose hairs. And when I don't, they freeze. Okay. Okay? So, um, on this night, police officers were following up on a lead mm-hmm. in a mer- missing persons case. And they ended their search in a six by eight storage unit. No, mm. like, but like remember those... it's sip, survive, repeat. Yes. Survive. Okay. So, um, a storage unit, you're talking about like one of those, you store it places. Like, but it's not they're... heated. Okay. Yeah. Like an outdoor garage yes. one. Yes. This is a non-heated one. Oh, okay. In yeah. Wisconsin in the winter. Yes. Okay. On January and end of January. Perfect. Um, so they had to pry the lock off, um, to the unit and their eyes landed quickly on two suspicious objects, a baseball bat mm-hmm. that appeared to be covered in dry blood Ugh. and a garbage can with a lid duct tape shut. Here's um, what you don't want to see. Any kind of garbage can duct tape shut and a garbage can that's large enough to hold a dead body or a body. Yeah. That's how I feel about that. in those barrels, you know, I pictured when I was reading the story, I pictured a barrel situation, but it sounds like it was like, I'm going to say like a metal garbage, whatever. I don't know. I bet it was one of those big ones like the city gives you. Yeah. With the wheels. Yeah. We just got two of those from the city. So I'm going to picture that now. Okay. Okay. So um, peeling off the tape and opening the lid, they were horrified Uh to find a woman crumpled up in a fetal position, her eyes swollen shut and her toes so black with frostbite, it looked like she was wearing black socks. (gasps) Yeah. Um, Even more unbelievable is she was still alive. Get the fuck out of here with that good news it's a survival story <laughs> so so um let's f- rewind not fast forward let's rewind let's rewind <laughs> be kind to rewind when um terry who was the person that was found in the trash can the trash can woman first began to um see her ex-husband david's true nature so um, they were married young, uh-huh. and I, I'm assuming they met in high school, maybe high school sweethearts. I'm just making that up because it's how I envision in my head. It's the early 80s. There's lots of, you know, like um, baby's breath, poofy dresses, yes. hairspray, weddings, whatever. Oh, my God. And I feel like I could see maybe like in the hair. 
the like baby's some, breath the baby's breath oh yeah but maybe in like um a halo or a crown of some mm-hmm. sort yeah or maybe a french braid <gasps> i don't know yes. or a twist yes. okay so here are the red flags that soon followed after they got married um so people pay attention here yes. we go um he would yell at her if the window curtains were out of place or if the towels weren't folded in a certain way what if i'm sorry what if the wind blew the curtains right and guess what i can put my curtains however the fuck i want and I can fold the towels however I want. Not everyone does it the fucking same. I would purposely like fold them the wrong way. Well, maybe I wouldn't in this scenario, but okay. <laughs> let's hear what he, let's um, hear what yeah, he did exactly. about these things. He insisted she keep the door open when she was showering or using the bathroom. No. So he didn't try. Clearly, he Listen, had to keep an eye on her at all times. Come on. That's going to get stinky. Yeah. Right. And you want some intimacy in your relationship. You don't want to see that stuff. Like he's going to see the poop face. Yeah. Sometimes and he's going to see the moves. Like sometimes you, just, you have to make some moves. To make stuff, <laughs> to make things move, you want to keep that private. That's it's not what nobody marriage. wants. No, no one's strong cute. marriage involves door open pooping. No strong marriage survives that. No. Okay. Look, l- listen. Okay. <laughs> so she was so afraid of his of his explosive reactions to like accidents. <laughs> I'm gonna say her explosive diarrhea. No. <laughs> her explosive. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm on, I know I'm poop now. Okay, go ahead. She was so afraid of his explosive reactions to like, if she dropped a glass, even <laughs> Kenny's laughing at that. Sorry. Um, or, I mean, it really sounds like you're going right into yeah, explosive yeah. diarrhea. Okay. She, she was worried about his um, explosive reaction. Like when she dropped or broke something, she would actually like, let's say she dropped a glass and she would go to the neighbor's garbage can and throw it away in there. So he wouldn't find it. Like he just was crazy pants. So here's the thing. If you're going to be that crazy, like, don't you think that's going to make the person you're with even more nervous and do it more? Right. Like if someone's constantly breathing down my neck about breaking stuff, I feel like I'd break stuff all the time. I know. Cause then you're nervous. You're going to drop it. <sighs> David. Oh, his name's David. Yes. Fuck off, David loser ew david okay so on one occasion david pulled a freezer burned sausage link out of the trash and berated her for wasting his money i mean if he saw my freezer and all the burnt (laughs) things in it he'd be very disappointed because there's stuff in there that's been in there for five years okay so um she recalls the evening where david picked a fight over spaghetti um she was making dinner and had all of the ingredients laid out on the counter Mm -hmm. Um, when he demanded she put the package of noodles away, mind you, they were a dry package of noodles. Yeah. Um, before they went bad, he said, and she was like, basically this is the first time she found her inner strength and was like, fuck you. They're dry noodles. I'm not putting them away. What what do you mean? Put them away. Put them in the pantry. Right. So they don't get dusty. Like, what are you talking about? Right. She, and she said, they're dry noodles. What are you talking about? And he said, he responded that it didn't matter if he made sense or not. She was to do as he said. Oh, fuck no. So the argument escalated because, again, this is the first time she pushed back. And she found herself running down the basement stairs because she had no other place to go. He had also installed locks (gasps) on the inside of the doors. No. Where he only had the keys to open them. Bullshit. That's dumb. Mm -hmm. So. Did she know that he had done this or we don't know? Yeah. I don't know that. Okay. So. I'm not sure. I'm just wondering if he did it but in secret I, and then she ran down there and then realized. Then he lost. It sounded like she, this was like her go-to place maybe. And, okay. and she said that she was thinking to herself, I'm 30 years old, sitting in a box in my basement, hiding from my husband. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> yes. And this was like the moment that like gave her the courage to leave him. Good. So um, they had two young daughters and she knew that eventually he would start abusing them too. So she knew she had to get out. And um, so she left him and went to live in a shelter. Wow. A woman's shelter. So good for her. Um, on the day of the divorce, 
divorce uh david sat in the courtroom crying like a little baby and he Hmm. looked at her and said you're going to regret this David. So, yeah. So the divorce fueled a bitter legal battle where, um, you know, David wanted more custody. And she had said in this article that the courts looked at that as like, oh, how sweet. A husband that wants to see his kids more. And she's like, no, this guy's an asshole and he's going to beat them. And like just and he's doing it to torture me. Right. So um, let's see. Da, 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 da. He was fighting. Actually, uh, Terry wanted full custody. He wanted partial custody and it was going, it had been going on for years and years and years. Um, so throughout the three years they were divorced, he continued to verbally and physically assault Terry whenever she would drop off or drop off or pick up her daughters. And, um, it actually got so bad that they began exchanging the kids in public places like McDonald's or a parking lot or somewhere like that. She was afraid of him. Um, she also filed a restraining order against him. Mm -hmm. Um, so during the, during these, these three years, um, she turned her life around. She met and married a wonderful man. His name was Nick Nikolai, um, (laughs) who loved her and her daughters and they had recently learned they were expecting. So she was pregnant. I'm not sure how far along, but she was pregnant. So on the third anniversary of their divorce, on this January 31st night, Mm. David asked Terry to meet him at his house to get their daughters. And typically, like I had said earlier, this is not something she would do. They'd meet at a a public place. But she agreed and went along with it, and she went alone. Nope. Yeah. So um, a creepy fact is that he actually held on in his house to um, articles from their marriage, like her wedding dress, photo albums, video of their wedding, and he would make the kids watch like the video, and he would say to the kids, see, this is proof that mommy doesn't keep her promises. Creepy. So creepy. Like, God. Yeah. As a kid, that's like, um, that's going to do some damage. Yeah. So on January 31st, Terry arrived to pick up the kids, and David was uncharacteristically calm. Mm -hmm. Um, He was also a borderline hoarder at the time, so his house was just kind of a mess, and he was a mess. Yeah. Um, David said that the girls who were at the time six and four were playing hide and seek and they wanted Terry to find them. And even though her gut told her not to listen to your gut people, she went along with it because she didn't want to disappoint her kids. So maybe if they really were hiding, she wanted to like, you know, play the game with them. Yeah. So she stepped inside the house to look for them. Okay. So we're going to pause there. Mm-hmm. So later that day, three hours after Terry went to pick up the girls, um, her husband, Nick, Nikolai, called the police. Um, when he gave the dispatchers um, David's address, they recognized it. Uh-oh. Earlier, a breathless woman had placed a call to 911 and given them the same address. Uh-oh. So um, deputies were already there. So they went to David's house, but the house was empty. Um, they questioned neighbors. They didn't go inside, but they went to the house, knocked on the door. Nobody was there. They questioned neighbors who had said they'd seen David towing Terry's car earlier that morning. Oh. So they have one 911 call so far from Terry, mm-hmm. just giving him the address. Yeah. Um, and then they also have her current new husband, you know, saying that she hasn't been home for three hours. Right. Um, then a second 911 call came in. This time, the woman, who was Terry, stayed conscious long enough to give the authorities critical information, her name, and that her ex-husband was trying to kill her. Um, and she was in the back of his green pickup truck. She said nothing about her daughters because she was just in a rush to like get the information out. Um, so once the t- detectives got that second call, they returned back to David's house. 
um, hoping they'd find the two daughters. Mm-hmm. And what they found instead, so they broke in and um, they found black sweatpants that belonged to Terry, which Nick had provided them what she was wearing that day. Mm-hmm. And also um, a large blood stain on the carpet. No. And an empty handgun case. Uh-oh. So now they this quickly went into um, an Amber Alert and knew that something terribly wrong had happened. Um, so nearly 100 law enforcement officers. Now this is a small town, so they're gathering law, law officers from like other counties, and it turns into a big search. Um, volunteers who had never even met uh, Terry had spent the afternoon driving around, um, searching like abandoned homes and basements and just looking for her. Um, so... Police waited for David to report to his job. He was an air traffic controller. Mm-hmm. And um, they showed up and told him to come down to the station. They questioned him for six and a half hours. Um, he still swore that, you know, he had nothing to do with it. Blah, 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 blah. Finally, they said to him, listen, we've been in your house. We saw the blood stain. We saw Terry's sweatpants. The jig is up. Like, we know you did something to her. He broke down crying and saying that it was self-defense and that she had attacked him. Uh-huh. But the rest is a blur. He doesn't know where she is. Sure, sure, sure. Um, this was enough for them to arrest him mm-hmm. and book him. Good. And they collected his wallet and all his personal items, and they noticed in his wallet that he had a stack of business cards. In the, one of the business cards was for the storage facility. Yes! So for, they just got a hunch, and they were like, we need to check this out, maybe for some reason. Um, in the meantime, the girls had been found. Um, they were at his girlfriend's house. So he had dropped mm. the girls off. So he's all obsessed with his ex-wife, but he's dating someone? Yeah. Yes. Who's this chick? Exactly. Who knows? They don't even go into her. Smart. Um, let's see. So I need to skip back. So, okay. So police officers finally get to the storage unit. They broke the lock off. They, they see the sus- suspicious barrel that could hold a body. And they pop it open, and sure enough, Terry's inside. Her core body temperature was 86 degrees Fahrenheit, <gasps> and doctors say she was within an hour of dying. Oh, Because it was so cold. Oh, my God. Um, she, there was so much trauma done to her. She had also had a miscarriage from the baby that was about, you know, I don't know how far along she was. Yeah. They didn't say. But still, um, that's devastating. In fact, her skull was so, this is so sad. In fact, her skull was so crushed when authorities found her in the barrel, um, they feared they left her in it because they were afraid to take her out until paramedics arrived because they didn't want to do more damage. Yeah, her brains might fall out. Yeah, so... Um, and again, so if you remember, David was an air traffic controller. Yeah. So another creepy fact. it over The air traffic control tower overlooked the storage facility. Ew, so okay. he almost positioned her in there so he Ew. can keep an eye on the place and maybe just like knowing that like she was dying in there while he was at work or I don't what know. A sick fuck. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, so Terry believes that David was so confident that he could kill her and get away with it that he didn't even check that she had a cell phone on her. And that's how she was able. Yes. I'm going to go back to that story of the woman who was in the back of somebody's truck when her ex abducted her mm-hmm. and she had a cell phone. I'm not giving tips for abductors out there, but I'm telling you, if they have a cell phone, they're going to call 911. Right. And don't look for it. God. Just just let just let, yeah. let them have it on them. Yeah, it's fine. It's like a game. Right. <laughs> You're going to escape. Abductors. Ah. Um so he uh, when she arrived at his house, he assaulted her with a baseball bat, baseball bat while their daughters were locked in another room with the a movie up really loud. <gasps> so they didn't even know their mom was at the house. 
Like they had what? no idea what was going on. They were locked in a bedroom with a, the TV turned up really loud. Please tell me he didn't take those girls to the girlfriend's house with the mom like in the trunk. Probably. <sighs> that does not say that, but... Um, that is an assumption I'm going to yeah. make. She said the only thing that kept her alive after she was locked in the storage unit um, or locked in some place she wasn't really sure where she was was the thought of her kids and that she knew that if she died, they would be stuck living with him and would right. probably be abused too. Right. Um, so on August 16th, 2005, um, David was sentenced to 35 years in prison yes. for attempted first degree international, uh, or not international, Jesus, intentional homicide. Good God. International Interna- homicide. Or international because it's Wisconsin. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know how Wisconsin's international. Right, exactly. But then I read in another article that he got life in prison. In prison. Well, 35 years, I think, is considered I think a life he got sentence. life. It depends on what state you're in. Anybody, anybody? Yeah, I think for kidnapping, maybe he got life. And then 35 years for this homicide intent to to kill. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. He's in jail. He tried to escape, failed because he's a loser. So <laughs> he, he they, they found out about it before he even tried to escape. They knew he was planning something. Sorry. He had a spoon. He was digging a hole. Right. Something. He's like, I saw this movie, Shawshank Redemption. I'm going to try it. <laughs> Didn't work. Um, so Terry spent almost seven weeks in the hospital undergoing 10 different operations. And even after she returned home, she remained wheelchair bound for several more weeks. Um, and she was pissed off that she could no longer, you know, she was an avid runner. She couldn't tuck her kids in cause their bedrooms were upstairs, but she also had this thankfulness feeling that, you know what, she's alive and she's there for her girl, her girls, but she was still very frustrated that she was in the state, obviously. Yeah. Um, so since the incident, Terry has been instrumental in helping to draft laws that protect domestic violence victims like the Wisconsin Safe Act, which takes guns out of the hands of abusers. So when she had posted the restraining order against David, she told him that he had a gun. He had multiple guns, but they couldn't get a warrant. So there's nothing they could do about it. So this law gives the sheriff's department um, the right to search your house if someone has like is granted a restraining order against you to search your house for guns. Without a restraining order or without a warrant. Nice. So, and if they would have done that for her, right? Maybe this wouldn't have happened, or I don't know. They'd have to check for baseball bats, right? Well, yeah. Unfortunately, Um, a few years after the abduction, Terry and Nick, her new husband, welcomed a son who's now nine. Um, and uh, when asked how she found the strength to live. On that cold January night and was left to die, she quotes Nancy Reagan, and she says, a woman is like a tea bag. Only in hot water do you realize how strong she is. Mm-hmm. And I love that quote. So, so true. So um, I'll send you the pictures of their wedding because it's yeah. hilarious. But that's the story <laughs> of Nancy Jadusa Nikolai. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing her middle name right, but I, love I thought that was a great story. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. I so. can't believe that she was – do you know how long she was in – the garbage I think it was like 28 hours so more than a day which is why she was so frostbitten Um, I have like fear of small spaces yeah claustrophobia as they say so imagine a barrel I'm gonna say I just am picturing a barrel like an oil barrel I'm just picturing like I said like one of those big trash cans trash cans that the city gives you and it's just taped to high hell so you can't Mm -hmm. get out yeah um, did I ever tell you about the time that a trash can lid flipped open into my face? <laughs> it was it was one of those days in Cleveland when it was like 20 degrees outside. It was so cold. Did the wind just kick her up there? Well, right I noggin? couldn't get the lid totally closed because there was a lot of trash in there. Mm-hmm. And it was real cold. So I took it 
and I was running it down the driveway like a bat out of hell and (laughs) the lid hit the wind and then it kicked up and it smacked me right in the face right like the nose and the upper lip oh and then my lip was that pre-nose job or after no this was like this past winter oh god (laughs) do you ever get like that make me nervous I'd be like no not my nose yeah I definitely because my nose it felt like it was bleeding but it was really just like my immediately my eyes just started like yeah and it's cold so it's even worse yeah and then I had to take Declan to school because he's in the car waiting for me while I'm doing this my mom I get in and he's like what's wrong mama I'm like nothing everything's fine and then I had to go to the dentist and they were like okay any issues I'm like well I just got hit in the face with a trash can lid mm, about 45 minutes ago so my teeth hurt a little but other than that everything's great yeah they're usually fine (laughs) nothing else to complain about otherwise good anywho let me just pour a little smidgen of wine here before I get started this 14 and a half is it's going down real smooth it's kicking it's kicking. Like I said, I already had a martini today, so this is like this is magic. You guys, I'm I am sweating, but I feel like I, just I didn't have the sweat. sweats. I didn't have the sweats that time. I feel like well, I'm wearing a non-breathable. You're wearing top. a camo. I can barely see you. I know it's basically like I'm invisible. And there's a breeze through the right, so that might help your sweats. Okay. Okay. Go. <laughs> Ahoy! Are you looking for something naughty to spice up your wardrobe? That's N A U T I, as in nautical. Check out the fantastic apparel at the Savvy Anchor. They have everything you need for that pirate or mermaid in your life. Everything but the water, of course. The Savvy Anchor specializes in nautical apparel for men and women. Their super soft garments will soon become your favorite thing to wear. Be prepared for compliments. Load up on booty today. <laughs> Sorry, that made me giggle. Savvy Anchor is offering 30% discount uh, to sip, survive, repeat listeners. You heard that right. 30%. Visit SavvyAnchor.com to get your Sip Survive discount by using offer code SIPSURVIVE. Save 30% off regular priced items. Discount does not apply. Don't even try it to sale or clearance items. Shipping is always free for orders over $50. Again, save 30% with code SIPSURVIVE at SavvyAnchor, S-A-V-V-Y, Anchor, A-N-C, H-O-R.com. Listen, spelling anchor is harder than it looks. Start living the naughty life with savvy anchor apparel. What are you waiting for? Ahoy, matey. <laughs> I had to. Get it. Um, you're going to love this. Tell I me think. a story. Okay, get ready. The, uh, this is from an In an Instant, one of my favorites, mm-hmm. a 2020 special. And it is the story of Danelle... Belangi. What? There's another Danelle? Yes, it's spelled differently, but her name is Danelle. How does she spell it? D-A-N-E-L-L-E. That's how my name was spelled and my mom changed it. Yes, it's like Danielle, but with no I. Right. So it's basically the same as Danielle, but no I. But Danelle. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't choose the story because of that. I literally just, it sounded good, and I started watching it, and then it said Danelle, and I was like, what? What'd they just say? Danielle? What's happening now? And then they kept saying Danelle, and I was like... <gasps> it's meant to be. It's fate. It's I love it. Fate. There's like one other Danelle I've met. Yeah. Well, so here's now one. Now there's two. Okay. Here we go. Uh, okay. So Danelle... Uh, I'm not going to say your last name a lot, because it's yeah, Blangy. I never do that, yeah. It's, that's hard for me to say. Um, she was actually a two-time world champion extreme sport 
uh, adventure racer. Now, oh. if you're unfamiliar with adventure racing, I am. which I was, because I was like, what the fuck's adventure racing? <laughs> it's sports, so fill me in. Right. Uh, okay. So it is trail running, mountain biking, oh, like- kayaking, and rock climbing. So this is like triathlon on steroids. Yeah. This is like, I like to be in really uh, rugged terrain doing this stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds terrible. Sounds awful. <laughs> um, she is a, so she's a two-time world champion and she has also won the, or I'm sorry, she was a triathlon finisher in the Ironman triathlon Ooh. seven times. And seven that's times. intense. I mean, I'm guessing. Fuck? What the fuck, huh. Janelle? When I say that, I mean her. Right, yeah. Um, so she was living in Dillon, Colorado, but she used to love to go to Moab, which is in Utah. Okay. And um, it was because the it was like her training ground. It was desert. It was rocky. It was it, it had like everything. There, it had yeah. very interesting terrain for her to train on. So was this her career? Do you think like it this was. is what she did for? Yeah, life? she okay. had she had like sponsors and stuff. Wow, and she would okay. travel all over and like do these crazy races. And sometimes they would be, well, a lot of times they were more than one day. So it'd be like like a three day excursion. Sometimes they or were whatever. a week. <gasps> that makes me panic. Oh my gosh! I can't even lose 0.3 pounds I in know. a week. <laughs> Listen to us. We keep gaining pounds each week, and Maybe. it's not muscle. Let's start doing adventure racing. Um. <laughs> I, I thought about speed walking yesterday and okay. then I just didn't. So okay. I like it. Okay. Um, so Danelle also had a dog and this is also funny because its name was Taz. Oh, which we have a coworker who had a dog named Taz and it yeah. was named, her dog was named after the Tasmanian devil, which, which is, she was, which is the same as that's why she named her dog Taz. Really? Danelle and the, and our coworker, both Tasmanian devil. Cause they're, they were wild. Wild. Okay. So she, she had Taz and he was some sort of mixed breed and, um, she took him on all of her like training runs because he loved to run because he had all this energy. Um, she said, I think he's part Australian shepherd and he really enjoys it. We'll run for a couple hours sometimes. Oh my God. What? That's why I have a bulldog. They don't move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too much movement. Too much. Okay. I'm sweating. It's not because I'm nervous. It's just because I sweat a lot. Okay. They were, uh, they went out on, um, a run and in the, in an instant, she was like, you know, just like a quick six to eight miles. Oh, just a casual run. It took me when I trained for the half marathon in Cleveland, Mm -hmm. it, it took me, I started in November, the half marathon, not even a full one was in May. Mm -hmm. It took me like four months to be able to run six to eight miles. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. This was like so her, slow. This was her daily. She did grind. this in like every day. Yeah. This was like this was a, this is her job. This so. is a short jog. Okay. Okay. So uh, she was about 90 minutes into the run. Can you imagine running for no. 90 minutes? <laughs> no. I'm already like no, absolutely not. No, I thank you. I wish y'all. I could, but yeah, I wish I could too. My knees and my plantar fasciitis doesn't let me. My old lady hips it doesn't happen. <laughs> Just my old ladiness in general. No. So she's running, and uh, there was a patch of what they call, I think she called them slippery rocks. Okay. And it's not that they're slippery, it's just the shape of them is very mm-hmm. flat. And she started to um, go across them, and she didn't realize that, so this is the desert, at night it gets really cold. Well, there was black ice that hadn't melted yet oh. on the slippery rocks. So the slippery rocks were really slippery. 
Okay. Yikes. So her dog was ahead of her and had gone ahead and was Mm -hmm. going, uh, Taz, and she hit the black ice and she slid down a steep rock face. She hit across a series of ledges and she crashed to the ground 80 feet (gasps) below. Stop. No. Yep. 80. 80 feet. That's too many feet. That's a lot of feet. (laughs) She shattered her pelvis. Oh. At this point, she didn't know exactly what she hurt. She just knew she was hurt. So she, her first fear was that she was paralyzed. She was like, okay, let's see what's going on. Mm -hmm. So she, um, what did she do? She reached down and I think touched her legs a little bit Mm -hmm. and she could feel it. So she was like, okay, thank God. Yeah. I'm not paralyzed. But here's the thing. When you're in that situation, I would almost be afraid to move though. Cause what if like you are almost paralyzed and you move the wrong way and then you, you know, well, I don't know. She was, she, this lady is a but she's crazy a fighter. So, yeah. Yes. She's a crazy fighter. I'd have been like, oh, my back. Someone well, and they had me. this one like flashback of a guy who had met her, uh, who was from Moab that, um, he also did some of these races. And he said, I remember I was, he was running a like relief tent mm-hmm. in the desert. Cause they had a big race going on there one year. And she came in and he was like really excited to meet her. Cause she was kind of well known in the racing community. And, um, her feet, because they had been running for so long on like desert sand that was so hot, her feet and her like were melting into her shoes. What? And she, she goes, uh, I need duct tape. And he goes, well, we should hook you up to an IV because the, the runners are allowed to get an IV when they're running in these like really crazy yeah. terrains, but she would get an hour penalty on her time for having an IV hooked up. And she was like, no, Mm-mm. give me two waters, one Gatorade. Give me more duct tape. She duct taped for what? Her feet. <gasps> she duct taped her feet and then put them back. No. And then she drank her two waters and her Gatorade and she kept going. No. And this guy was like, damn, This is girl. why she's a world champion. Yeah. And we are not. They were like, Jesus, this woman is intense. Yes. And um, anyway, that was just like a little aside from earlier when like they were trying to explain what a badass she is. And I was like, okay, I get it. So she's the type that's going to be like, maybe I broke my pelvis. Maybe I'm paralyzed. Yeah. She's Let like, pinch my leg. I'm not. Guess what? Okay. I pinch my leg. I'm good. All right. So she, um, when she realized she wasn't paralyzed, she started to army crawl. Cause she realized that the bottom half really was not functioning properly, but it wasn't paralyzed. So she was like, okay. Right. So she starts army crawling. It took her five Mm-mm. hours to go a quarter of a mile. But what about the dog? Shh. It's okay. coming. Okay. Uh, the, the sun went down. Wait, five hours for a quarter of a mile. Uh-huh. That's like two blocks. Uh-huh. Okay. That's how hurt Shit. she is. <laughs> okay. Shit is terrible right now. Now, this is December in Moab. Uphill. Well, I don't think she was going uphill yet. She was okay. in a ravine, so she was okay. just trying to, like, get out of the ravine. Yeah. So it's December in Moab, and it's a desert. And so in the winter in the desert, it got down to the 20s. Oh, God. Now, she's not dressed for that because she thought she'd go on a quick afternoon run. Uh-huh. So um, she was very nervous she was going to get hypothermia. She had thankfully strapped on this little, like, belt, like, runner's belt. Mm-hmm. So she did have um, a little bit of first aid stuff with her, but not much. It was basically like the bare necessities. And I thought this was very interesting. So if you're running and... Get this belt. 
get this I belt. mean, yay, I get this belt. But she had, okay, first she had, ty- or I'm sorry, ibuprofen. She took that to try and help with the pain. She said in the documentary, it didn't really help. Mm-mm. With a broken pelvis, ma'am, I don't think ibuprofen's helping. No. Okay. Then. Plus, if you're bleeding, can't ibuprofen make it? It can make it worse. Worse. Yeah. So also that. Yeah, exposure. but she, at this point, she doesn't know if she's bleeding anywhere. Right. So um, she just knows that she's in pain. So then, uh, but the other thing she had that I thought was really interesting is a shower cap. Why? Because she could put it on her head to retain heat. Oh, that's so smart. Right? Do you think that came in this kit or she added that? I think this is a kit she made. Oh, wow. I don't think it was like a runner's kit. I think she made this. We need to come up with a runner's kit. <gasps> yes. We're going to put it on the website. On subscribe repeat. Yes. Okay. We'll we're talk to some runners. We're going to be millionaires. We need to talk to runners though. Yeah. If you're a runner, don't, please don't know reach what, out to us because we don't I mean, I ran run. one, like I, one year. I don't. Got it. I don't. Okay. Shower cap. <laughs> check. Okay. Shower cap. So it, it helps retain heat so from the body. So freaking smart. The other thing is, so she couldn't move very much because her pelvis was shattered. Again, she didn't know that part, but she just knew she couldn't move. Um, so she started doing what she called head crunches. So she started l- like lifting her neck and shoulders a little bit off the ground okay. in a rhythm to keep her blood flowing and keep okay. her warm so that she wouldn't get hypothermia. Can you imagine? No. Just all night long, just no. fucking. Dude, you're cold. I'm... And in the documentary, it was very dramatic. The the actor portrayal. It's It makes all the there difference. Was a, there was a lot yeah. of. No, I mean, she was good, but like I felt the pain. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It makes all the. It's mm. like back to that minor story. Like mm-hmm. until I watched the documentary, I, you feel it. And you, when you read it, it's, it's yeah. you know, whatever. But then you watch it and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, ugh, ugh. okay. So, um, just so you're happy. Taz is still there. Great. <laughs> she is, um, Taz was by her side. She wanted to curl up next to him and be closer because she wanted mm-hmm. to use his body heat. Mm-hmm. Um, and same, so he could use hers. Uh, but she couldn't move. She was like basically in a splayed out oh. position. And, um, so he would only get so close. Right. But then, um, and I think he was super worried. Here's his owner who's normally like super active right. running around and now she's screaming in pain and can't move off the ground. Like, he's, and he's probably so confused and just, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, anyway, so she, she got Taz just, you know, in 2003 and she said she was really busy and didn't think she had time for a dog, but she saw this puppy and it was love at first sight. She took uh, the 10 week old mutt home. Um, and it was part of a litter that had been rescued from a Kansas farm. So, um, oh, Tazzy. Yeah. Uh, so she trains, this is the training part. She trains 20 to 30 hours a week just by going out and having fun in the mountains. Um, said Dave Mackey, who's an ultra runner, um, from Boulder, Colorado. It's amazing, but that's what she does. And that's who she is. She's tough as nails. So wait, 20 to 30 hours a week she trains. Mm-hmm. That's like five hours a day. Mm-hmm. Just, so, just making sure my math is right. Good news. Okay. She makes it through the first night. Good. Great. <laughs> uh, her optimism was renewed because she was like, it's morning. I, I made it. it. The I sun came it. up. Yeah. Um, but Taz was growing restless because at this point he didn't know what was going on. He was hungry. He was uh-huh. tired. Thirsty. Yep. Uh, the good news was where she landed, there was actually a puddle where snow had melted. Oh, okay. And so both her and Taz were able to drink out of that. I mean, I don't know how clean it was, but I mean, at, at that, that point, point, who gives a shit? Right. Um, and she did have water with her and she had two gel packs for energy, like energy gel packs. Um, so she, her and Taz had finished the water though 
already. Mm-hmm. And then um, she did start the day by drinking one of those gel packs to try and like regain her strength. So she she ate it and then she was like, okay, here we go. Gonna crawl again. Gonna crawl again. She flips over onto her stomach and she can't do it. Oh. And she didn't realize that her body had basically been split in two. <gasps> Stop. So her, I think it was her left side was not attached to the right side anymore. So it was just dead weight. Wait. Like her left leg and hip and everything was not connected to the correct parts to make it work. But it wasn't paralyzed. Right. I don't really understand exactly. The doctor explained it and I was like, huh? But yeah, her body was like split in half and she couldn't. And this is the first moment she's realizing that she's split in half. When she cannot, she literally, she's a tough woman and she finishes everything and she can't physically crawl anymore. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Because all the adrenaline that she had when she was first crawling is all worn off now. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, she just kept saying, I can't die. I'm not ready to die. Um, So she spent another night in the desert in 20 degree or lower temperatures Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting. Taz kept like going on little trips. Mm-hmm. He would leave and then he would come back. He would leave and he would come back almost like he was checking on her. Yeah. Um, so she had been out there for 48 hours and she thankfully had a very nosy neighbor, Dorothy. And Dorothy was like. Thank God for nosy neighbors. Love it, Dorothy. Hate them during the time, but when you need them. So Dorothy noticed that um, Danelle hadn't come home and she was like. Hmm. Pretty sure she said she was coming back tonight. Yeah. So she called Danelle's parents and was like, Dorothy, hey, you little nozella. I love, I love it. it. Yes. Get in there. So she calls the parents and the parents are like, oh, that is odd. Um, they're like, well, maybe she decided to go camping. And Dorothy's like, I'm telling you, I don't think that's what she said she was doing. <laughs> Dorothy. Dorothy's <laughs> like, I watch her. I know her moves. This so is not one of them. They ended up calling the police. The mm-hmm. parents called the police and they were like, we think our daughter's missing. She's been gone for like 48 hours and her neighbor says that she was supposed to be home. So a search and rescue team was assembled because police found her pickup truck at the Amasa back trailhead, which is amazing that they were even able to do that. Yeah. But they, there was one of the police officers was the, I think the guy who was in the tent that was like, do you want an IV? And she Mm -hmm. was putting duct tape on her feet and like two waters and a Gatorade and I'm going. Um, he was like, what What would she do? That that badass woman, where would she be? Right. And he guessed right. And he found her truck, and then he got a rescue team assembled. Wow. And they met at the trailhead. Uh, and then suddenly, a dog matching Taz's description was spotted heading towards town. And they said, we are going to try and identify the dog, but the dog didn't want to be caught. Hmm. When the dog turned around and started running, we decided to follow it. Mm-hmm. Go, Taz. <laughs> By midday, uh, Danelle had become very lethargic. And Taz finally returned after his longest journey yet. So, you know, he kept leaving and coming back and leaving and coming back. And when he came this time, um, he his tail was wagging. His whole demeanor had changed. His tail was wagging. He was gulping. He was gulping water from their little watering hole. Mm-hmm. He was, like, so like excited. excited. Yeah. yeah. And she just thought he had, like, a good time out in the desert he caught something yeah she was like oh i'm glad you're having fun because i'm gonna fucking die here (laughs) um but yeah she said i figured maybe he had a nice run and was just happy to be back i gave him a little pat and then i heard the sound of an engine 
He knew that someone was coming. He knew before I did. So the rescue team arrived and worked quickly. They strapped uh, Danelle to a stretcher in preparation to be airlifted, and they were just in time because she was in a canyon, and then um, they were going to have to helicopter her mm-hmm. out, like life flight her out um, because of her injuries. And if they didn't get to her before sundown the third day, they wouldn't have been able to get a helicopter down there because the rocks are too steep. Oh. So they were super happy that Taz came and like led them to her. Wow. So wait, why would, wait, so the rocks are too steep, but why, I don't understand. Because they wouldn't be able to see where they were going and they might hit the rocks when they were trying to land the helicopter. Okay. Got it. Um, 14% wine people. It's fine. I'm, a little, I'm, I'm slowing down a little bit mentally. So um, the guy who was on the rescue team, uh, his name was Brewer. Uh, he said, the dog took our rescue personnel right to her. I think we wow. would have eventually found her because we were in the right location, but the dog saved us some time. And that was important because if it had gotten dark, it would have been complicated. And it wound up snowing later that night too. Oh, can you imagine? Nope. Um, so let's see. Uh, she had surgery to repair her broken pelvis. Um, he, the doctor mentioned there was a lot of, you know, uh, rods and plates and things that were involved. Um, and then she started extensive rehabilitation. I think she was in the hospital for, I think it was 15 days or mm-hmm. more. Um, but about 150 days later, wow, she was back on the trail. Running again? With Taz. But the, my favorite part of the story is when she was in the hospital, her sister, who lived about a quarter mile from the hospital, mm-hmm. um, was, uh, Taz was staying with her because just, obviously the dog couldn't stay at the hospital. Yeah. So Taz one day broke free and started running. Oh my God. And the sister got in her car and was like, he's at the fucking hospital. Drove Stop. to the hospital and Taz was sitting in front of the Stop. hospital. Oh my God. I love that. I'm like, this dog, he loves what his a owner. a love bug. Yeah. So um, there was a, a, a veterinarian or something like that that was talking about, like, there are some dogs who would have just left. If mm-hmm. their owner had been hurt, they would have just, I have to fend for myself now. Right. But Taz, he wasn't one of them. What a sweet baby. Oh. Yeah. So. Um, Can you imagine Callie just... <laughs> She'd like just lay down with you and be like, just Callie lay would down. just lay down with me. She wouldn't go search for help. She'd be like... I'm hot. I'm cold. Like, this is what we're doing. We're napping. Now. I'm thirsty. Now we're gonna nap. This is great. Um, she would love it. She would not go search for help. Yeah. So I'm sweating a lot. In May, Taz received the National Hero Dog Award from the Society of the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals in Los Angeles. Yay! Yay, Taz! Um, it's pretty amazing what he did. Uh, Danelle said we figured he must have run about 15 miles when he led the rescuers to me. 15 miles. Wow. He definitely helped save my life. But it might have been a case of one good turn generating another. Taz was repaying Danelle for rescuing him. Oh. Oh, goosebumps. <laughs> I love that. That's, what, so that's, that's a good one. That's a story of Danelle and Taz. And one little follow-up that wasn't in this article that I read, but was in the in an instant. Um, there was a, a guy that she met after one of her races that had like been like, you're a badass. And they had been on like one date. And she mm-hmm. was like, when she was laying in the canyon, she's like, God, I really liked that guy. And I'm never going to get to date him. They're married now. Yes. They have two kids together. Oh. He visited her in the hospital and was like, hey, I know you just like almost died. But, but I'd like to you, take you out sometime. He's like, but do you think we can keep dating? 
<laughs> and when the documentary, I don't know what year it came out, because this all happened in 2006. Um, but at the time the documentary came out, Taz was still alive. He, he couldn't run anymore, but he was still alive. And she Yay. was like, he's still my hero and my best friend. I love that story. The end. For multiple reasons. <laughs> Yay. That's, that's good. That was good a one. good one. Thanks. I'm sweating a lot. It's hot in here. It's a little toasty. Okay. You look, but here's the good news. You look great. Do I? Yeah. I feel like my armpits are really. I mean, your armpits might not look great, but your face looks great. Great. Okay. Kenny, tell okay. us some stuff. So I got two. One is just funny, so you guys don't have to guess it. Do you guys know what conversion therapy is? Conversion therapy. No. Is that when you try and make someone who's gay not gay? Yeah. It's a pseudoscientific practice of trying to change an individual's sexual orientation from homosexual or bisexual to hetero using psychological and spiritual interventions. Lame. Let people be who they are. God. So the man who founded Hope for Wholeness, one of the most prominent and Mm. large conversion therapy groups in the United States, has come out as gay. Yes. Of course he has. So that's why he I, started it. That's he why he started it. Shit. That's always the case. It's always the people who hate him the it most. It is. It really is. So I just, I just wanted to say I that because like it's Good very little. funny. But the real weird news story of the week. Mm-hmm. A drug user dressed as a police officer and conducts and does what, I guess, as a police officer. I almost ruined it and said the whole <laughs> thing right there. <laughs> All right. So he, he's a drug, a drug user? A, a, a big druggie. Big druggie, druggie dressed as a police officer, a police officer doing something and did what i mean this could be anything it's a guy on drugs yeah did he conduct a field sobriety test oh like on someone else yeah that'd be funny or even like i'm gonna take that a step further like did he like block off traffic and do like you know like the the dui checkpoint yeah type did situation? He have a checkpoint? so he would be oh, kind of hilarious he conducts a fake raid to steal oh. marijuana in Crystal Oh, Mac. smart. Smart. I mean, smart. Kind of. Smart but except he's been caught. Uh, the raid went a little haywire. Uh-huh. So on July 25th, Daniel Thomas and an accomplice walked into an unlocked home. No. And the two yelled, this is a police raid. Get on the floor. Where are your drugs? They gave, the two men in the house gave the man all the drugs they had which is marijuana and crystal meth but he didn't believe them so he beat one of the victims with a hammer until the man lost consciousness Jeez. he they thought the guy was dead even when the police arrived they thought the guy was dead and they treated it as a murder scene until the other man moved <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and then <laughs> no uh when they found Daniel Thomas, he threatened to kill the cops, ended up tasing him and pepper spraying him. He's now serving 12 years in jail. Only 12? Yeah. He didn't actually kill the guy with a hammer. But he beat him with a hammer. I feel like impersonating a cop should also hold more weight. And he tried to steal his drugs. He did. He did steal his drugs. Well, he didn't get away with it, though. Hilarious, though. That I mean, that's pretty smart. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, if you want to get drugs, that's... If I was into meth and those things, maybe I would try that. I I'm mostly just into wine and that But is, we're not. We're like low-key criminals, like wine and like... Like wine and... And bad mixers, <laughs> you know. So now likes to make gross drinks for and her gross and drinks for people. It's fine. Perfect. Um, okay. Well, we want you guys to make sure... Subscribe. That you subscribe. And rate, rate. And review. And review. On iTunes. That's the biggest way to help us. And then we're on the socials, so you can check us out. You'll on find us. Just look. Facebook, Twitter, Insta. You got it. And then Figure it out. if you are 
in love with us, we would love you to be a Patreon, uh, a patron on Patreon. And then you can also buy stuff on our merch store. Which soon we will be, coming soon, we'll have mm-hmm. a runner's belt. Yeah. With we have to figure that out. All the survival n- necessities. Okay. I don't know. Danelle's really into my it. My 14% is talking right now. <laughs> Tonight, I'm going to come up with a blueprint, a business plan. We're going to do it. I like it. I'm not sure what utensils we need, but they'll be included. Let's talk to some runners. Okay. 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 We'll talk after this. Okay. Sounds Perfect. good. Okay. I like it. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. It's Jenny from Sip, Survive, Repeat, and we love our listeners, but we want to get some more ratings and reviews. So if you guys could log on to Apple Podcasts and then give us a rating and a review, we'll send you a sticker. All you need to do is send us a screenshot of your rating and your review to either our email, sipsurviverepeat at gmail.com, or direct message us, or DM us as the kids like to say, on any social media. So all you have to do again is rate and review on Apple Podcasts and take a screenshot of that and send it to us at one of the channels I just mentioned. And we'll send you a Sip, Survive, Repeat sticker. And it's big, you guys. Size of your hand at least. So again, send it to us and we'll see you soon. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.